This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we gather here today, just as Pastor Ben said, we come from a, a lot of different backgrounds, uh, and there are a lot of things going on in, in all of our lives. Some of us are in a season of joy and happiness. Some of us are in a, in a season, a, a time of we're just kind of, it's like being blown by the wind. Nothing's too good. Nothing's too bad. Some of us are, are hurting. Lord God, meet each and every one of us where we're at. Guide and direct us with your truth and comfort us and refresh us with your grace. Lord, meet us where we're at. In the powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. In the TV show, Undercover Boss, hidden cameras follow along disguised high-level executives as they go into their company and take low-level positions. Then the the CEOs or the executives, they're able to see how their employees really feel about the company, how their employees really are doing in their personal lives. And if they're smart, the executives will also learn a whole lot about themselves too. One such undercover boss was Stephen Klubeck. Stephen Klubeck is the CEO of Diamond Properties of Diamond Resorts International. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a world company that is known for its hospitality and vacation resorts. The motto of the company is the meaning of yes. In other words, when any of their guests have a need, they're going to meet that need. The answer is going to be yes. We're going to take care of it. This company is known throughout the world for its excellent service. As Klubeck went undercover, he did find out about how his employees were doing. He, he did find out about what it was really like to work for the company. And he did find out a whole lot about himself. Today, as Pastor Ben also mentioned, we're continuing our series entitled Called, and we're going to be looking at God's calling for employers. And so by the time we end up our, our time together today, we're going to find out what is the bottom line for employers. Okay. Now, keep in mind that all of us at one time or another are going to be in this position, this uh, position of authority. Maybe if we're not going to be a boss, we're going to be a parent. And maybe if we're, if we're not a parent, we're going to be like a, a group leader out on the playground. Or if we go to a restaurant, the waiter or the waitress, the busboy, we're actually in a position of authority over them. And we are then to bless them as well. So if you're an employee, what would you say is the bottom line for your employer? And if you're an employer, what really is your bottom line? 
Now, CEOs and CFOs and COOs, right, they need to make fiscally responsible decisions for the good of the company, but God's calling is actually different than that. To find the answer to our question, what we're going to do is we're just going to go into God's word because here's the deal. No matter how much people want to push God's word aside, no matter how much they want to say the, the Bible is ancient and irrelevant, it doesn't have anything to say to us today, what we're actually going to find, what anyone will actually find when they get into God's word is that it contains principles that are good for every culture and society if they will actually just follow them. And most importantly, we're going to find the principle of God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. Okay? And so as we turn into God's word, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to where Pastor Ben had us last week when we were talking about God's calling for employees, because we're going to pick that up because it refers to, leads us into our time together today. And remember what Pastor Ben talked about last week for employees, said, remember, you're actually working for the Lord. So going back to Ephesians chapter six, and it starts out with this way, slaves, okay, in other words, in our day, employees, obey your earthly Masters, that's the employers, okay? With respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. So employees serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, because you really were. Now we're going to transition to employers, right? And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. In other words, serve wholeheartedly. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. One of the things that Stephen Klubeck found out when he went undercover in his company was that he was so intent on the mission of his company being carried out that the guests would receive their yes that he forgot that one of the best ways to make sure that happened was to make sure that his employees were getting the yes from him, that he was serving his employees wholeheartedly. Again, Ephesians 6, 7 says, serve wholeheartedly. Not, not serve half-heartedly, not, not, you know, I did the serve thing a long time ago and now I have this position and so I, I'm not going to serve. No, serve wholeheartedly. And it's actually the exact same thing that Jesus says, okay? As Jesus calls his disciples to him. And so for you and I who are Christians, Jesus is going to be speaking directly to us right now. And for those of us who maybe aren't Christians or just trying these things out, checking it out, what I'd encourage you to do is listen in and try it 
Just try it and see what it's like. Okay, so this is what Jesus says. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. In his book, Love Works, the author Joel Mamby shares with us a, a, a passage from Scripture that gives us divine direction for all of us, whether we're employers or employees or whatever position that we are in life. And as, as I'm about to share this passage with you, I want you to know that the first time I heard this passage was in, in public school. I went to public school, and, and this was, so you got to bear with me, this was like back in the 20th century, okay? And when I heard it in the public school, I thought that this was some like revolutionary teaching that 20th century mankind had come up with, that this was so phenomenal. But actually, it was something that Jesus had taught 2,000 years earlier. Okay? Luke chapter 6, verse 31 says, Do to others as you would have them do to you. The golden rule. Jesus had that way back then, right? Employers and employees cut from the same cloth, same substance. While titles, authority may be different, everybody, everybody has the exact same value before God, okay? Everybody has the exact same value before God. Uh, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your nationality, no matter your gender, no matter your education, everybody has the exact same value before God. And so here are six characteristics that Joel Mamby records in his book, Love Works that are, are just great for us. And, and so as I, I go through these things, and maybe you want to take some notes, you got the connection card now and you got the pins in there and, and stuff, you can do that. Or if you're at home, you can grab some paper too. But as I go through these different characteristics, I want you to ask yourself two questions for each one. One is, how am I doing with that characteristic? And the second one is, where have I heard that before? How am I doing with that characteristic? And where have I heard that one before? First characteristic is patience, okay? Patience is often underappreciated and misunderstood. Patience is all about our behavior, self-control. Patience is not accepting poor performance, but patience is setting clear expectations and making sure that the people have the skills, the training, and the resources to carry out what they're being asked to do. Okay? So in your own life, how are you doing with patience? And where have you heard about this one before? The next one is kindness. As people who are in positions of authority, remember, you represent God. 
You represent God. And so as we go throughout our day-to-day, understand you can make a positive difference in someone's life. You can make their day better or you can make their day worse. As a representative of God, I encourage you to make their day better. Mamby in his book says, you know, that a CEO, a chief executive officer, said those initials would better be explained this way. Instead of chief executive officer, chief encouragement officer. And Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, says, I know exactly how to tell whether someone needs encouragement or not. It's never failed. He said, if someone's alive, if their heart is beating, they need encouragement. How are you doing when it comes to kindness? Have you heard about this before? The next one is trust. Listening builds trust. I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a high-level board meeting or anything like that, but in these meetings, you know, if the, the CEO comes in and gives his or her definitive opinion on something right away, that just kind of quells the conversation, right? No one's going to say anything. 99 times out of 100, no one's going to go against the CEO. End of conversation. Listening builds trust. Ask open-ended questions and listen and show that you listen by repeating back what you heard to make sure it is exactly what you thought you heard. Listen. See, people want to be a part of the decision-making process. And to not listen to them is to say that they're unimportant. We're to make decisions with people and not for people. And as we go about making decisions, we need to be sure that we've got everybody at the table that needs to be at the table, right? People who are going to be responsible for the decision, people who've got to apply the decision, people who are going to be affected by the decision. We listen to all of that. We make the decision with people, and then we inform everybody. Listening, it builds trust. Another way to build trust is to let people make decisions inside their own departments. Don't micromanage. So again, how are you doing when it comes to trust? How are you doing when it comes to listening? Have you heard about this anywhere? The next characteristic is unselfishness. Thinking of yourself less and giving more than you get. Giving more than you get. Give until it helps. Give until it helps. John was the owner of a farm machinery company in Michigan, small little group. This is back in the days before the U.S. was near as affluent as it is now. Not nearly as affluent. And and that company grew and they had a a couple of handfuls of employees. And then the the big farm machinery companies came in and, and that pushed them, made them smaller and smaller and smaller until there were finally only two people working there. John, the owner, and his mechanic. And then it became clear that, you know, money is just being siphoned out. We've got to close this down. And John, the owner, felt such a responsibility to his employee 
that he paid his employee his full salary out of his own savings until his employee found another job three months later. Again, this is days before there were all these big bank accounts. John was sharing this out of his own meager savings because he felt a responsibility to the employee and his family. Unselfishness. How are you doing with that one? You heard about this one before? Next one is truthfulness. Define reality uh, of what's going on. For me, I'll be honest, I can't stand conflict. I can't stand conflict. Okay? I don't mind disagreement at all. I can't stand conflict. For me, this is how I define those things. And so maybe it's different than you. But for me, conflict is where someone's got to get their way because their ego's in the way. Disagreement is where we're seeking out the truth, seeking out the best thing. Disagreement I can handle. Conflict, not so much. And as a leader, a person in authority, you'll also need to be able to define the truth about you. Where are your weaknesses? What patterns do you have that get in the way? You have to be humble. You've got to allow other people to do things that you cannot do and support and encourage them and be glad about because this is good. So how are you doing? When it comes to truthfulness. Did you ever hear about this before? The last one is forgiveness, forgiving. As many of you know that forgiveness is really easy. You know, you can be talking to someone, they've got a problem with someone else, just forgive them. It'll be okay, just forgive. It'll be a lot easier, right? Forgiveness is easy until we have to forgive, right? Then it's a different ballgame. Jeff Henderson, author, speaker, pastor, congregation near Atlanta says, the longer you hold on to a grudge, the longer the grudge holds on to you. Forgiveness is powerful. It has a a ripple effect. It, It expands out. Just think if you were up in northern Wisconsin, you're on a lake and you throw a rock out into the middle and it just starts to ripple out and expands out. Forgiveness even ripples out further than that. It's, it's super powerful. Over the last month or so, I've had any number uh, of people in my office, and I just thought it was so unique. Two people basically said the exact same thing, different scenarios, okay? They said, not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Hmm? Forgiveness. How are you doing? Really? Have you ever heard about this before? During the pandemic, any number of companies did a phenomenal job of taking care of their employees, pivoted things around. One of those companies was Cisco Enterprises. Cisco Enterprises uh, employs 77,000 plus people. That's twice as many people as live in the whole city of Franklin. Okay, And with that many people, understand there are going to be some people that are leaving the company and, and some people coming in. And for some of those people, right, for those people who were let go as the world was shutting down, right before the world shut down, what Cisco did was they extended the benefits to them, their severance passages. They increased them to take care of the people. 
For people that were going to be released from their jobs, Cisco kept them on so they continue to get paid. For employees who couldn't work right away because of the changing dynamic, didn't have anything to do, Cisco just kept on paying them. Cisco came up with a, a, a program called Days for Me. It was for their employees. They paid for mental health counseling for their employees in the Days for Me program. The, the employee could just take a day off. I, I just need a break. No questions that keep getting paid. Cisco made a website so that students could learn how to learn in online learning. Cisco uh, donated thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of telecommunications equipment so that medical facilities could continue to meet and serve patients. It was a great job. One of the employees at Cisco said, the only thing I can say about what our executives did in, in this time was nothing short of extraordinary. When you're in your position of authority and leadership, how are you doing when it comes to patience, kindness, trust, unselfishness, truthfulness, and forgiving? Here's a way to start on that. Five, five quick questions, but they may not be answered so quickly. Got to take some time with some of them. First one is, how are you doing? Not cliche. How are you doing? Really? Then, what can I do to help? And once you've got that taken care of, once you've got those questions taken care of, then you can go on to the next one. What are you working on? Then, are you facing any obstacles in what you're working on? And again, how can I help? You know who did the best at this? You know who was, who was really perfect at this? Jesus Christ. Jesus is patient with each and every one of us every day and every way. Jesus' kindness, his mercies to us, they never fail. Jesus trusts us. He listens to us. He listens to every single one of our prayers. He trusts us. He allows us to be a part of the most important mission ever in the history of the world, reaching out to people with the good news of salvation in Jesus. Jesus was unselfish. He took on human flesh into his divinity. He served until he was completely empty. Jesus always brought the truth with him. Jesus didn't hide from the truth. You know why? Because he knew that it was the truth that sets people free. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then when it comes to forgiveness, Jesus is all over that. Jesus forgives even our hidden faults, things that we've done wrong, good things we haven't done that we didn't even know. Jesus' forgiveness is so complete 
that he's actually already forgiven us all of our sins, including the ones that we have yet to commit. Jesus serves wholeheartedly. Patience, kindness, trust, unselfishness, truthfulness, and forgiving. They're all about serving wholeheartedly. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another in love. As you think about those characteristics, where have you heard about those things before? Anywhere? Can you, can you think of it? Check it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And maybe you'll remember there's actually a couple extra words after this, and it says, love never fails. Leading with love not only attracts, but it also keeps the best. And even more importantly, it leads people to Jesus Christ. So employers or, or those of us who are in any position of authority ever, what's the bottom line? Love. And love is a verb. And it acts like patience and kindness and trust and unselfishness and truthfulness and forgiving. And if you ever wonder what that, that part looks like, how are you supposed to do that? Then just look at Jesus. Because this has always been the way, is the way and will always be the way that he treats you. His love never fails. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being everything that we need. Thank you for, for focusing us in on what really matters and who you really are. Thank you for being exactly who we need and now help us to fulfill our role as people in leadership and authority as we represent you. And so help us to lead and demonstrate with your love and ours. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.